Welcome to the Business Finishing School Podcast, the Financial Battleship Edition. Learn how to regain liquidity, use, and control of your cash while harnessing the power of uninterrupted compounding. Become a wealth creator. Here's your host, President and CEO of Living Wealthy Financial, Teresa Kuhn. Welcome to November's Business Finishing School Financial Accountability Call. My name is Kristen Kolka, and I'm here with your host, the President and CEO of Living Wealthy Financial Group, Teresa Kuhn. Hello, Teresa. Thank you, Kristen. Hello, everybody. So happy to be here with you today for another episode of our Financial Accountability Call. And Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. And let's dive right in. That sounds great, Teresa. So this month's topic is how to plan for your parents. So Kristen, that's that's very interesting that we decided to have a topic called planning for your parents. And this is really financial planning for your parents. And that probably slaps people a little bit thinking, what? Financial planning for my parents? That's their problem. I've got enough doing my own financial planning. So why did we decide to speak on this topic today? Well, what we're finding is that more and more adults are having to care for their aging parents. And unfortunately, a lot of our parents either are you know, too embarrassed to have the conversation with their adult children about what they'd like to have happen if they become, um, if they experience a major medical event. And so a lot of families are very unprepared when this does happen. They are unprepared. And you know what ends up happening? And this is why it's so important for us while we can, right, help our parents do some planning because most of us will take on that burden if our parents need the help. And that's a huge financial burden to take on. Huge. We already know how challenging it is to figure out our, our wealth and retirement income strategies and our planning around that, right? But imagine you're in the middle of your career, you're in the middle of raising your children, your parents have major health issues, they didn't plan better in terms of financially, they, they could have done some things different or, you know, catastrophic things happen, right? That's no one's fault, nobody expected it. And then all of a sudden, you are a member of the sandwich generation. You're taking care of your kids and having to take care of your parents. Imagine how quickly that would derail you from meeting your financial objectives if all of a sudden you had to physically and or financially take care of your parents. That's right, Teresa. So making sure that your parents are financially prepared for the future is the ultimate role reversal. So having these conversations early can be difficult and it also can be difficult to make the time to have these conversations, but it's very important. Um, so we have put together some topics to get the conversation started so that you can see, you know, kind of gauge where your parents are with their planning and see how you can help to fill the gaps. 
the first thing you want to ask them is, are they okay to have that conversation with you? And some parents are just not going to be that open and not going to not going to be that that available to have that conversation. And so if they're not, there's still some things that you can do. You can provide to them a list of what's important for them to have covered so that they're prepared in the future. Now, if they are open to having the conversation, the first topic is, do your parents have a will or a trust? Because if someone dies without a will or a trust, and that burden is on the kids to figure out their estate, it really is a major pain and can take dozens and dozens of hours, right, if not hundreds of hours, depending on how complicated the estate is, navigating through the transfer of ownership and title. That is the first question I would ask. And with a will or a trust, of course, you know, a living will, do they have instructions if they are in a situation at a hospital where someone's got to make a decision whether to take them off of life support or not? What does that look like? Who do they want to make that final decision? Those are really important legal documents that need to be in place, not only executed upon, meaning everything signed off, I's dotted, T's crossed, but also communicated to family members so they know that those documents exist and they know where those documents are. Did you know, Kristen, that only 51% of all Americans age 55 to 64 have made a will? Wow, that, that is crazy. So the next real topic of conversation that you should broach with your parents, especially if they have a challenging health issue already, is what are the contingency plans if this health issue becomes worse? Um, so really talking to them about if this happens, then this happens kind of scenarios. That way they can still feel like they're in control of their future and making a list of contacts that can help you solve these potential problems. Um, another thing that you can do on your own is learn as much about their health condition as you can, and also learn about how it typically progresses. That way you know what kind of timeline you're working with and what to expect in the future. Um, some topics that you'd wanna look into would be uh, moving to assisted living, uh, having in-home care, you know, does your parent really want to stay in their home for as long as possible? Are they open to going into an assisted living home? And how long are they going to be able to drive for? You also want to remember that, you know, from the perspective of an adult who's caring for their parent or making plans to care for their parent, you know, we have our own lives that we're having to deal with while also trying to deal with this. And we may want to solve the problem and move on, right? But most of the time our parents are going to want to really retain control of their lives and retain their dignity and make sure that they really have a say in these conversations and they're not just leaving the outcome of their life up to their children who, although they may trust and love their children, you know, they're still feeling like they're the adult, they're the authority figure. And this can be a really, really difficult time for everybody because we all understand family dynamics. And I'm going to say we all come from very dysfunctional families, right? At least <laughs> most of us. So imagine, you know, a crisis 
on top of different personalities in a family, different family dynamics, along with dysfunctional relationships. Most people have not figured out uh, how to communicate in a very positive way with family members, maybe even the most challenging family members, right? Maybe you figured out most of your family members, but not that one challenging person, which we all have in our families, right? And maybe your parent is that person. And then now all of a sudden, you've got to, you know, roles are reversed and you've got to help that person navigate through their health issues and really talk about topics that trigger all sorts of emotions. If somebody was talking to you about your life changing and you having to move or you having to go to assisted living or a nursing home or having somebody come over to your house and you not being able to drive, how would you feel, right? Those are huge triggers. And so compassion is a word that I use a lot when these situations come up. Compassion patience and having resources available to you to help you navigate through this very difficult time. And the last topic that you really want to visit is if your parents do have to go into a long-term care facility, if they do become chronically ill and they're not able to take care of their activities of daily living on their own, what is the plan for that long-term care? As we all know, long-term care can be very expensive. Navigating through that world while they're young and healthy or younger and healthy is so important. So you may be wondering, what actually is long-term care? You know, we we have these conversations a lot, but what validates the need for long-term care? And really, it's the need for assistance or supervision with two of the six activities of daily living. And these activities include eating, bathing, dressing, toileting, transferring, and continence. So if you need help with at least two of those activities for at least 90 days, um, or if you suffer from a severe cognitive impairment, um, long-term care may be necessary. It's extraordinary how much the cost is to have in-home health care. If you were to go to uh, a nursing home facility, a skilled nursing home facility, the national average for the annual cost of a private room is almost $100,000. If you're in an assisted living facility where you don't need skilled nursing care, it's available there, but you don't need it, the average cost is over $50,000. And to have someone come to your house and provide care to you, it's over $22,000. And that's not round o'clock care. That's just coming in care for a couple days a week. So when our parents experience a need for long-term care, what are the options that they have to consider? Well, you know, there is healthcare, um, Medicare, Medicaid that can help with long-term care uh, expenses. But as we all know, the type of assisted living or skilled nursing home that you can get with these health benefits aren't always the nicest of places, right? Um, so really a lot of our parents will want to make sure that they have the funds privately 
to pay for care. Um, a lot of people end up using their family, right? They go to live with their, their adult children. That's why we're having this conversation. Um, and three in 10 Americans over the age of 40 feel like they're prepared to take on that job of caregiver for their family or friends. Um, so if your parents don't have a traditional long-term care insurance policy, or if they don't have the hybrid uh, kind of whole life long-term care insurance that we're talking about today, um, you really need to make sure that you have a plan as far as what's going to happen to them if they do require long-term care. So in terms of deciding what might be best for your parents, right? Um, there are a lot of different uh, things to consider with long-term care. Which pays the most amount monthly? Is that even important? Or do you want to cover just a minimum amount? Which pays over the longest period of time? Which pays the most total? Which gives you the most flexibility? Which gives you the highest death benefit if you never have to use you know, the long-term care benefit, which gives you the highest cash value, short-term, long-term? Which gives you the ability to access those funds? to maybe borrow against it or withdraw the cash if you need it, which gives you a return of premium option if you don't use the benefits. Um, is, there, is, is it a reimbursement plan or is it an indemnity plan? Is there inflation protection? Is there a waiting period? What are the limitations? What are the gotchas? Kristen, you need someone who understands these policies to navigate with you and help you because it is very complex. Absolutely. And we have these conversations with our clients quite often and the number of products that you have to choose from and the amount of different ways that those products can work. Um, you really have to understand the products and the client's objectives and goals with the policy to find the one that's going to work the best for them. And, you know, we don't know what we don't know when it comes to these policies, right? So it's important to plan with a professional. Sometimes you'll be faced with um, having these conversations with your parents and your parents may refuse to, to plan for the future. And if that's the case, then there are some things that you can look into um, to alleviate some of that frustration and some of that stress. So you still want to think about how you may need to or may want to help them if they do suffer from a major, major medical event and need help. Um, if they're very insistent on staying in their homes, you can look into some ways to make their home more accessible and safer. You can also talk to your siblings and your spouse about who's open to have your parents come and stay with them if it's necessary. Um, and then if your parents are still healthy, then it may be a good idea to have a conversation with them about whether they're open to the idea of you purchasing an insurance policy on them. That way they have the benefits they may need if they experience a major medical event. And since you're the owner of that policy, there's also some access to cash if you need it or if they have other needs. And Kristen, that's an option that we share with our clients uh, when it makes sense. And let's just talk about a couple examples. Uh, if you have a parent that might be in their 50s or 60s, 
and you've got some money that you want to put away into a policy, it makes perfect sense to buy a policy on the parent. Whether the parent has one, wants one, doesn't want one, it doesn't matter. At some point, let's say there are no issues with that parent, that becomes another policy for you to save money the financial battleship way, right? Or the 100-year saving solution way. But just think, let's say after you purchase it, there, uh, there's a major medical issue with your parents and you need access to funds. You know you can access that death benefit while they're living to help them financially with whatever care they might need. It's really a tremendous policy that gives you so many options that you otherwise would not have. That's right. And we do have some numbers to share um, just for those listeners that are wondering how this would work. So let's say uh, we have Don, right? Don is 45 years old and he has this conversation with his mother. His mother's Diana. She's 70 years old, but she's still in good health. Um, and he finds out that Diana has not done a lot of planning for a major, major medical event, um, but she's open to, you know, having Don purchase a policy on her. And Don decides to do so. He purchases the 100-year saving solution uh, using $100,000 as his single contribution. Right away, he puts that $100,000 into that policy. There is an insurance benefit on Diana's life for just under $170,000. There's also $120,000 available if Diana becomes chronically ill that year or $136,000 available if she becomes terminally ill that year. Both the death benefit and those medical benefits grow over time. At the same time, Don will have access to cash inside the policy. So the very first year, if he does need to get some of his cash back out, he has a total of $90,648 in cash inside his policy that he can borrow against or withdraw. After 10 years of owning the policy on Diana, Don's cash would grow from $90,000 to just over $130,000. And as I mentioned, Diana's benefits would grow as well. So she would have $153,000 now available to use if she becomes chronically ill, $165,000 to use if she's terminally ill, or if she has a critical health condition, she has over $135,000 to use. If something were to happen to her and she were to pass away in the 10th year, Don would receive a death benefit. And the death benefit in the 10th year is $191,000. So he certainly has gotten his $100,000 contribution back from the policy. And, you know, for me, this is one of the, the areas that I love to focus on. I was just talking to a client the other day about this. Let's say, and it's very, very simple to, for someone or very easy for someone to spend $100,000 on their care with medical care, right? So if they put $100,000 into the policy and the death benefit is twice that, they've retained $100,000 
for their estate, for their loved ones, and been able to spend $100,000 on their care. Christian, it's such a no-brainer, but it does take planning. It does take making the decisions to do this while you're healthy and while an insurance company is willing to underwrite and offer you the policy. Once you're sick, it is too late. You will not qualify. And so for a child, knowing that the parent is not willing to, for whatever reason, start a policy, if you know that the possibility or the probability of that responsibility to be on your shoulders, then it makes all the sense in the world for you to position some cash, some money towards taking care of that family member. And I will tell you, I've had conversations with people who say, I'm not worried about my parents. My parents died. I'm worried about my older sister or my older brother who doesn't have kids or whose kids won't take care of them. And that burden is going to fall on me. What can I do to protect both of us? Because I know I'm going to take care of that sibling. That's true, Teresa. There are so many different family dynamics and it's important for everyone to, you know, kind of take a moment to think about their own family dynamics, have a conversation with their families if they're open to that um, so that everyone can have a stress-free plan for the future. And I think this is a really important topic. I'm glad that we discussed it today, Kristen. If you have any questions whatsoever or just want to explore the conversation, we want to give you as many options as possible. And we don't believe that the traditional long-term care policies give you many options, but we will refer you to the best in the business if that's what you're looking for. So don't hesitate to reach out. We're here to serve and to help you, your wealth building or your retirement income strategies, please reach out to us. And Kristen, thank you for co-hosting another financial accountability call for Business Finishing School. Oh, thank you, Teresa. It's always my pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Finishing School podcast, where we teach you business growth simplified. For more information on Business Finishing School or their Business Growth Summit event, visit businessfinishingschool.com.